0: Welcome to TT from the D Podcast Show. I'm your host, TT, And I want to thank you in advance right now for stopping by and joining myself and my guests on this awesome, awesome evening. Because my guest is amazing. She's beautiful. She's talented. Super funny. But just highly motivating. I know that this is going to be a great show. Why? Because that's what I have. Nothing but the best, right? So you know how I do. I like to get us in tune with ourselves after a long day, whether it's working in the brick and mortar or if you're virtually working, because you know we in that lifestyle now where we're doing a lot of zooming and Google Meets and all kind of other things. I still want this to be a time where you sit back, relax, and be able to unwind and enjoy yourself. If you're a person that loves your coffee or your tea or your H2L with a little slice of lemon, go right ahead and get that ready. And shout out to all my beer drinkers. Hey, we ain't gonna forget about y'all. But I just want you to sit back and relax and enjoy yourself because not only will you be educated and enlightened, you're gonna be entertained. That's the whole bottom line, right? This platform is for us to be encouraged, motivate people and learn about what's going on not only in today's news but just in the world in real life terms so let me tell you a little bit about my guest right first of all she's a friend and I'm happy to be able to call her a friend I've met her several years ago working on a production and the character she played was super funny she brought so much life to that particular character But I didn't know she had all the other skills and talents that she had back then. You have seen her on Comedy Central. Oh, my God. And the one show that everybody. And this ain't just for my African-Americans. This is worldwide. I know, you know, Showtime at the Apollo. Come on now. Come on now. If you don't know, I think you were just born and Google it. Okay, so you might have seen her on there. She has just recently celebrated her sixteenth year as a bona fide comedian. Last year, shout out to that, because she don't look a buck over sixteen. She beautiful, sassy, and classy. She's a mother of two beautiful, amazing young ladies. They are amazing, truly amazing. They get it from their mama, you know that saying. They get it from their mama, but this is in a positive way. They get a lot of things from their mama. That means that she's so good seed, right? She's an entrepreneur. And people like to refer to her as a cake decorator. She's more than that. That, that, that I can't, that, mm, I don't know. And when I was doing my research, trying to figure out, like, how I'm a, I was like, that's not, okay, let me look for a word. I didn't really know where to look in the dictionary. Cause I said, that's not, that don't sum it up for me when it comes to her. She's more than, I'm like, she makes some stuff. You be like, how the hell does she do that? Like, and it, and it tastes just as good as it looks, right? And she, you recently probably saw her on Fox, too, because she's been blessing the young, the old, the in-between, the seasons, the veterans, right? The blind, the crippled, the handicapped, whatever it looks like. She's, she's been blessing them, teaching them how to make some dishes and things like that. She's a singer, right? I know, right, y'all? Y'all like, oh, my pen running out, my ink running out. I know, I know. She's also what they call a flutist. And let me tell you, she can do a little something, something, something with some drums. Let me tell you, I learned that too. Without any further ado, I would like to introduce my awesome, amazing, beautiful, talented guest, Crystal P. Oh my oh. goodness. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, oh. Like, I'm like, who she
1: introduced, and I want to see this person too.
0: <laughs> How are you? I'm awesome. How are you? I miss you. I miss you too. Oh, my goodness. I'm
1: so glad to be here on TT from the D.
0: Thank you. You know what? It's like uh, having another celebrity on the show. I love when I get my guests because every guest is someone who's doing some profound things. Just totally amazing as an individual, as a human. But the craft, the gifts, the skills that all my guests have always get me excited for me, it's a blessing because I've had the opportunity to work with you on several occasions, but the history that we share, the connection that we have, the, the energy, it's like, man. And to have you on here to bless my show for the new year is just super dope.
1: Oh my goodness, yes. Cause I was i was like, which play did we do? Girl, you know I'm getting old and my mind does not remember. I know you have always done stage production and uh, stage assistant and managing the stage and everything. You've done so many productions. I was like, which one did we do? Which one did we do?
0: <laughs> and you know what's crazy? We've done a couple of them. These were Vanessa Lynn projects. Mm-hmm. And you, the first one, you played a grandmother. Was that Unequally Yoke or was okay. that...
1: Okay, so um, the very first show that I've ever done with Vanessa Lynn was before I met you when I did her original Unequally Yoke. So the original okay. play in 06. Okay. Then I came back and did Boss Lady. I think that's when I may have met you that's did you play
0: grandmother and boss lady no i yeah yeah the neighbor the the old neighbor yes yes that's Mm -hmm. when i met you in boss lady then Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. yeah boss lady that yeah yeah, you had us going with that role that character boy i was (laughs) mad please i still crack up when i watched that that yeah that was everything because you did the stage play And you did the DVD, yes, 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 both um, for the
1: Boss Mm -hmm. Lady, and um, it's been an amazing ride. I um, sometimes it's like, wow, where has the time gone? Yeah, it seems like just yesterday. And then I'm looking at some of the people that I was in productions with, some of the people from Equally Yoked. It's like they're grown people now. And I remember them as kids and even in Boss Lady, the uh, young little girl that played the neighbor. I said, now she has a baby that's five years old. I said, she was just a baby. So it's just like, where has the time gone? But it's been, I've met so many amazing people along the way and just the relationships that have been forged um, like you said, we've had a connection not just from the play side, but you know, having lupus and all this other stuff. We're so connected, and it's just, mm-hmm. I, you know, I, I thank God for the journey. I've learned so much, and I'm still learning. I, I've, I've, yeah, 16 years. I'm telling you, I still feel like a newborn or a toddler. Still getting yeah. my feet wet, still uh trying to learn and and touch, you know, new ground and 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 do
0: some new dynamic things. And you certainly are doing that because you do like I like I said when I was doing your introduction, you when I met you, I knew you were a comedian. I knew that you were an actress. I didn't know all the other gifts you had. <laughs> and so, you know, there's layers, there's layers to Crystal P, um amazing layers at that. Um and there's just something about your spirit. It's very bright when you're in your presence. Um, you're all you're a giver. That's mm-hmm. something I know. I know for a fact. Um, you always want people to be okay. Yeah. You know. And so um, you have a way of making people laugh even when they don't want to. <laughs> um, and, and it's crazy because and, and I'm a, I'm gonna let I don't want to jump too far ahead of myself, but a lot of people until I met you. I didn't know that comedy could be clean but funny as hell. I didn't know that. <laughs> I, I didn't think know I that. remember you telling me that too. <laughs> I was like, so I can laugh and it's clean? What? I, and I mean laugh, like bust the gut laugh. So it wasn't until I met you that I actually saw someone who was a clean comedian. And it was funny because I'm like, are they going to be like boring? Because I thought... Comedy man, you gotta be ranch, ratchet and yeah, well, no and no and the stuff y'all oh boy, I tell you, <laughs> y'all ain't never had if y'all ain't never went to a Crystal Peak concert comedy show, y'all have missed out, y'all have missed out. It's well they hilarious. can they can
1: find me on TikTok. There's a lady on there that TikToks me. I didn't even know what TikTok was. <laughs> Oh, my God. And one of my clients um, that I've done cakes for and comedy for, she's like, isn't this your voice? And she, I said, you know, she's like, isn't this you? That's what she said. She sent me a text and I'm listening, but I'm looking at the person on the screen. I'm like, that's me. And then I went and researched and somebody Saw me performing in Maryland, took a clip off of YouTube or something, and they TikTok me. And it's hilarious to see all these people, black women, white women, there was Asian people. I said, wait a minute, now what's the Asian people? I mean, they TikTok me, girl, but it's funny because they're, you know, reciting clean humor. And the fact that people find humor in that. And there was even men on there and boys and old women. There was senior citizens. I said, these people, and I didn't know what a TikTok was. You know, you tell me TikTok, I'm thinking somebody is trying to learn how to tell time on a real clock instead of (laughs) digital. I didn't know what a TikTok was. So it's just amazing um, having that effect that because i hear it all the time i mm-hmm. i wish i got paid for every time somebody said i didn't know clean comedy could be funny i didn't yeah. know a female comedian could be funny most people mm-hmm. look to me and most people look to raunchy and, and i look to raunchy. one of my favorite comedians is red fox you can't almost get no more raunchier than red fox but i know that's right when i when i started I had always said i've always wanted to be in entertainment even as a kid um i can remember back as far as three four years old i've always wanted to entertain people and i had said whenever i become a comedian i said whenever i become a comedian i'ma do clean comedy um, because I knew that I couldn't curse and, and, you know, be out there like that in front of my grandmother mm-hmm. and my mm-hmm. mom, I knew I just, I was like, oh, they'd be saying like, did you see so-and-so's granddaughter out there just cussing and cutting up? And so mm-hmm. I had always told myself that I'm gonna be funny and do this without cursing. And I'd always said that. And I just stuck to it. Now that doesn't mean I can't curse. But the <laughs> people people think like uh, you know, like I can't get out of pocket, and I and I don't want people <laughs> to think that I've been this total angel because prior, you know, when I grew up as a child. We did stuff that we shouldn't have been doing or saying things that we shouldn't have been saying, but we didn't do it in front of adults. Like we had respect Absolutely. when our elders came around. But baby, I could cuss with the best of them and I could play the dozens like nobody <laughs> gets. Me. So people think like, oh, she just came out the womb, saved or something. No, boo boo, don't get it twisted. You just haven't seen Crystal Clear. You only know
0: Crystal Pete. <laughs> <laughs> wow, wow. That's crazy because when you think about, like, that's that's something, when you think of comedians, mm-hmm. growing up as a kid, I remember the Red Fox, the Richard Pryor, mm-hmm. Sammy Day, you know, the, uh, um, there's another guy. Uh, uh, yeah, um,
1: well, Cedric came a little later once we were in high school, but as, growing up, we had, um... Richard Pryor, Red Fox, and Paul Mooney. Paul Mooney actually wrote for both Red Fox and Richard Pryor. Um, wow. He looks so young, but he's a lot older than what people think he is. And he was the person behind Sanford and Son. He wrote on Sanford and Son as well. And then you had people like Luwanda Page who played on Esther. Yes. And she was yes. actually best friends with Red Fox in real life um they, oh, wow. they they grew up together which is how she got in the fold and then you had moms Mabley and but people were uh you know once you had your Eddie Murphys and um mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. each generation as we you know came about and then of course when we got to high school and we were watching Def Comedy Jam you had your Cedric yes. and Bernie Maca and Robin Harris mm. and So there were some uh, great folks out there. The the difference, um, in my opinion, you know, some people might not agree. What I liked about the comedians back then, even though they cursed and were raunchy, they still had good content and they didn't depend on the cursing to get the joke through. Like they had material. So even if you took the cursing away from it, they still had something to say they still had a message and a lot of mm-hmm. comedians today they depend on it you know yes. that's the joke and if you took away all the mfs and the B's and so on and so
0: forth there would be nothing left mm-hmm. i agree i agree you dead on it yeah. and, and and you appreciated going to a comedy show back then um, and it went through seasons. I don't know if we have seasons, but it's kind of like the people that call themselves com- some at mm-hmm. all. Let me reframe that some people that call themselves comedians now, it's kind of like. Mm-hmm. You might be a little funny, but you're not a comedian. Yeah. Why? Yeah. And so, you know, you don't want to go spend the same money you would have spent to see Eddie Murphy to go see Robert Samuel because Robert Samuel Mm -hmm. is just somebody, you know, that can cuss and might have a little dirty joke here and there, but not entertaining. Yeah.
1: And then a lot of people have been told one of the things that anybody who has ever gotten on stage, somebody told them that they were funny, but I tell people there's a difference between home funny. And getting on stage. Because at home, you had a drunk uncle. You had a crazy auntie. Your grandma might have been funny. My father, uh, most of my family is comical anyway. But Mm -hmm. people confuse you sitting at the table on Thanksgiving Day, making everybody laugh in the family. But there's sometimes private jokes or different things that family members know. So it's funny. When you are a comedian... You have to be able to give that same energy to a bevy of folks. And those people may or may not look like you or have grown up like you. So you have to put it to them so they understand it and that it still is funny. Because you can talk about, oh, yeah, we were at home and um, -and so-and-so tripped over, whatever, and everybody in your household cracking up. And then you go to the comedy club trying to do that and... They're looking at you and it's crickets and it's like, okay, mm-hmm. that's home funny. You got to be able to translate mm-hmm. that. And that's where being a comedian or being a professional comes in because everybody is not able. I perform for a lot of white people.
0: Mm-hmm. You know,
1: I've performed for Indians. i perform for Arabics, blacks, of course. So You got to make it so people understand or at least you may not connect to 100% of the people but you better connect to at least 85 to 90 because people be looking Mm. at you like uh, and they paying you for what? Especially in the Detroit market. Detroit market to me is one of the hardest comedy markets. It's one of the uh, hardest audiences to me. You got to bring the funny. And where some people mm. do appreciate hearing you know the m f to B, and blah blah blah, 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 but then they'll consider you like you say, you they they're silly or such and such. but when they start talking about true comedy and content, they don't even give you a second look.
0: Mm. i I can agree with that. I can agree with that. Let me ask you, when did you know for sure? Now, I I know I did my homework, so I got, I got, I know, I know the first thing that you kind of did to kind of open up the door, but when did you know for a fact, like, you know what, I actually want to be a stand-up comic.
1: So, I, um, watching, you know, the comedians on TV and hearing them on the radio and whatnot, there was always, you know, it was something that you want to do. And you see it, and it just it stirs up something in you. I guess is the best way to put it. Whenever I would watch mm-hmm. uh, a BT comedy view or Def Comedy Jam or any type of stand-up comedy show on TV, there was just something inside of me that just my my insides would be jumping. And I Ooh. knew I, like I said, I always wanted to be in entertainment but it's just like, I know I can do this. I know I can do this. And, but growing up, I, you know, like most people, I didn't grow up with a silver spoon and we grew up, you go to school, graduate from high school, go to college, graduate from college, get a job, try to be successful Mm -hmm. and have your own household and go about your business. I didn't have, um, a lot of We did the occasional modern dance class or something. We tried to take extracurricular activities, arts and craft. But I didn't go to acting classes. And I didn't have those outlets to help um, get my gift together, so to speak. And craft Mm -hmm. my gift. And um, I just kind of built my gift watching TV. I would watch sitcoms. I knew every episode of Good Times, every episode of The Jeffersons, every episode of Sanford and Son, I could recite lines because in my mind, this is what I'm going to do. And so I, like, growing up, went to high school, tried to go to college, and, you know, it really wasn't for me. It took me forever to graduate from college. I literally thought I was going to get Social Security first before I I ever got a, a, a degree. And um, <laughs> I was I was sitting one day watching TV or on the Internet and they were having auditions for NBC for. Um, oh, God. What was the name of the show? I can't even remember. Oh, Stand Up for Diversity it was called Stand Up for Diversity. They were doing auditions at the Laugh Factory in L.A., which is one of the major clubs. So in my head, now, mind you, I had never stepped foot on stage but I'm going out to this stand up for diversity, comedy competition and audition. And Mm -hmm. now I got to figure out how am I getting to LA? Cause I don't barely have two nickels to rub together. Okay. And Mm -hmm. I told my best friend, and she was like, you should do it. You should do it. I was like, yeah, but how am I get there? She said, ask your dad. I said, my dad is not paying for pipe dreams. You already know how we grew up and how we get down. But I think Mm -hmm. I later found out that my dad did a little bit of stand-up. And I honestly think that he said, you know what? She's never going to get her college degree. Maybe this is something she could probably do. Look, in hindsight, at the time, I didn't know. Because when I asked for that money, he said he would pay for the plane ticket. Like, I I almost looked at the phone. Like, put my dad on the phone, because this is not my dad. (laughs) <laughs> and he told me that was all he was paying for. I was on my own for the rest of the trip. So that meant eating, driving, whatever you was gonna do, you you gonna pay help pay for your dream as well. So he paid for the plane ticket. I only had a hundred dollars in my pocket. Only had a hundred dollars because you know, I'm I'm young, I'm a a mom and a wife, young, you know, we didn't have much. And, um, my oldest daughter was, uh, at least 10 at the time when I auditioned and my youngest baby was seven. And so I didn't have a lot of extra money. And so I had this hundred dollars and I got a rental car. The rental car was $65 because, you know, everything in L.A. is much, you know, the cost of living there is high. So, even rental cars was high. I wouldn't like here in Detroit. You get your little three-day weekend at Enterprise for $9.99 a day. No. Yeah. It wasn't doing that <laughs> there. And so, uh, my husband at the time, he had a first cousin that lived out there and an uncle. And they let me stay at uh-huh. their home in Inglewood. Shouts out to Inglewood. Um, and... Hey. I had the thirty-five dollars left after my rental car, and I just used that to put gas and stuff and get around. And I went out there to the Laugh Factory, stood in this long, long line to audition for NBC. And I remember meeting this one girl in line and a, 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 these couple comedians that were standing near me, and talked to them. And we were, you know, all friendly and wishing each other well. And I got on that stage having never done any standup, but in my head, I think I'm a professional standup. And I do the <laughs> audition. And when I tell you that there was something magical about me just getting up on that stage and just going for it, all in, leaving it all out there, not ever having done it. And I didn't get chosen, but when I returned back to Detroit, I hit the ground running. I started trying to find comedians. I would go and just uh, watch up at Coco's House of Comedy and things of that nature. Yes. And again, when I was at Coco's House of Comedy, I remember the one of the last shows I went to, Michael Collier was the comedian and one show, John Witherspoon. And as they were up there on stage, that same jumping feeling in my spirit was jumping, watching them Every time I would watch somebody that was Really great, I would have this feeling And so I began to Try to network And I met this other girl um, Who's now deceased Phoenicia Banks, she was a clean comedian And we began okay. To talk and I was like, well I do st-. So we were like two new people And we both were doing Clean and we just kind of Bounced things off of each other and I just kept pushing and pushing. The the thing was when I started, no blacks would hire me because I wasn't cursing. Really? No girl, I was too, too black really? to be white and too white to be black. They would not oh hire God. me because I wasn't cursing. And I guess, you know how people kind of categorize people. They really didn't have a bag to put me in because it was like, okay, well, she got the attitude of a black person, but she not cussing like a black person. But then she not talking about, Mm. I never spoke about things that were stereotypical uh, per se the blacks. I didn't talk about being poor. I didn't talk about roaches and bad credit and baby mamas That was not I was talking about stuff people like me typically weren't talking about going to football game You know watching right. sports and I did talk about the church and I talked about Relationships, but I didn't talk about it in a way that everybody else was talking about it So it was mm. eye-opening for some and then for others. It was like mm-hmm, but we really don't know what to do with her so white people were interested you know they were interested in what i had to say and i was doing the mainstream clubs and but in the mainstream clubs i was seeing gospel music i would do amazing grace and and the white people i would be in biker bars you know side of the road two lane highway oh my god and it would just <laughs> freak them out like first of all how did this black girl get in here cuz every time i walked in a you know a bar or a club it's all white there would never be any black people so it's, yeah. it's like a record scratching when I walk in and I remember being at this place called Sterling which is near Gaylord about 3-4 hours from here and I walked in this bar okay. and you know everybody's on their Harley Davison's motorcycle vest and jackets tattoos you know malt beers and things like that and I walk in and I always dressed on stage I never wore jeans never wore gym shoes I was always, you know, in the mindset, you're supposed to look better than your audience. So I would have makeup on and be mm-hmm. cute and stuff. And I walked in there and they looking like, where does Heffa come from? Like, clearly her car had to have broken down because why is she in here? <laughs> but once I got on stage, it broke the ice. And people would just love me. And I ended up performing, I think about 117 cities just in the state of Michigan. All over the place. From north to south, east to west of the state. The thumb. And so I was grateful um, for that because then I went back to LA out there visiting um, a cousin that I'd never met before. My dad was like, hey, I got a cousin out there. And ended up getting connected To this person Got connected and I was able to Get back to the Laugh Factory For Chocolate Sundays, Which is a black show And I get out there They give you three minutes And I'm going to go out there and give them the best three minutes of my life And um, Sure enough um, I met Foolish I meet, wow. I meet Foolish and um he sees he he and Mike uh, Mike Epps were the um the comedians, the um headliners for the show. Okay. And okay. Foolish saw me and he said, You from Detroit? I said, Yeah, I'm from the area. He said, when I get back to Detroit, I'm going to call you. And in my head, I'm thinking like, yeah, right. You know, don't call us. We'll call you. And because I had never worked any of the black, it was just like, you know, this is somebody else blowing smoke. And sure enough, he called me about a week and a half later. And that started me in the black market, you know, in the urban market, as they call it in the comedy world. so yeah so I did that and I thought I had made it got my little five minutes of fame and and I just started hitting more and more rooms until I you know just built up and then the everything just started coming you know um you know from the P. Diddy Bad Boys of comedy I was able to open for them in Detroit my first year of comedy at the Fox Theater and you know having a husband that's been in the business a lot of people don't get to perform at the that's Fox that's right That's right. and so I did that in my first 11 months of comedy um, um, had, hadn't started in November of 04 and was able to get on stage in October of 05 wow. and then I came back in 06 and that was when I was voted uh, Detroit's New Queen of Comedy and opened up for Steve Harvey in uh, November of 06 at the Fox Theater, so you know, having been the the Fox twice, that was amazing. What was that like?
0: I love Steve Harvey. What was that like to be? Because you also did the Apollo. Uh huh. So did you I did do the that Apollo after? later? Okay, I was going to say that. Yeah. Okay.
1: okay. So the um the opening up for Steve Harvey that was done through one of the Detroit radio stations. They were looking for their next king or queen of comedy, and this is the the irony. So everybody, I'm one of the few, Phoenicia and I are pretty much the only ones that don't curse out of, you know, the majority of the Detroit comedians. But for the audition, they would take so many comedians each week, but you couldn't curse. (laughs) So it's like, but it was so funny because they had all these heavyweights auditioning uh, to open up for Steve Harvey. And I was like, there is no way in the world I'm going to make it through because, I mean, Detroit, we have some funny comedians and it was some heavy hitters. Mm -hmm. But it was almost, I know it, not almost, I know it was God that, that orchestrated it and ordained it because what I tell you, these heavy hitters were falling off. They might slip and curse by accident. And as soon as you curse, you immediately get disqualified. Oh, wow. So people were dropping off like flies and another thing was they had to clap for you so if you didn't have a lot of friends and family in the audience you probably weren't getting you know many cheers and things like that so each week so you would go up one week they'd pick a winner and then what they do is take the winners from every week and that's how they did the finals And I made it through because several of the heavy hitters were cursing and and I ended up, you know, it's like, oh, okay, I made it through and I just got to get through the finals. And I got through the finals because me being a person that has done everything. So I'm going to tell you something that I used to do that you probably don't know that I used to do. Okay. I used to do hair really I did, yes hair for years did it throughout college uh there's a joke about me i even do it sometimes on stage where i didn't go to michigan state i went to michigan state see when you go to michigan state you're registered i went to michigan state and i went to the parties and i went to the stuff <laughs> <show>. <laughs> and, and so i used to live on campus illegally <laughs> and I would do hair
0: no stop
1: yes and I had three dryers set up I would have clients back to back because all the students wanted their hair done like they do in Detroit Lansing didn't do hair like Detroit right and so I would always be booked and I hustled and because I had all these friends from doing hair back in college now that I'm doing comedy It's like, okay, I got a new set of friends. So Mm -hmm. I brought all them friends. So I had people cheering from the rafters, all three floors of this club. I don't even remember the name of the club. It was on Woodward. They had three floors. And that's how I got through. They voted me through because I had the most. And that's how I, you know, got the title. And, And my little $500, that was the first time I had ever made $500 for five minutes of comedy. So I was, girl, you can tell me nothing. I
0: know, that's right.
1: Wow! nothing so that's where it started from wow
0: i did not know that now see i thought i was doing
1: my little homework i ain't know that part yeah yeah that's a lot of secrets about me that people don't know Oh my. um yeah i did hair for years uh way before i even got into comedy and uh even cakes um so i have sometimes you'll run across the girl who told me that i was on tiktok she was my first cake customer out of Chrysler.
0: Okay.
1: And she was having an argument with one of her cousins mm. who was a comedy client of mine. Okay. And this was before she knew I did comedy.
0: Okay.
1: And she was like, Yeah, Crystal P did my cake and call her. And so the cousin was like, Oh, I know Crystal P, she's a comedian, blah, blah, blah. And she kind of looked like, ooh, is she better check somebody for using her name and they're going back and forth, back and forth about who is Crystal P, who is the real Crystal P, only to find out that I was the same person. Wow. Just one didn't know I did cakes and one didn't know I did comedy. So it's hilarious when people like I didn't know you did that and I didn't know I, I used to sew. A lot of people didn't know I used to sew. I I took pattern uh tailor tailoring and pattern drafting fashion design and tailoring and pattern drafting in high school
0: and see they don't even offer that no more
1: no and i made my um homecoming dress i made a prom dress for somebody i had made other garments nobody ever knew that i used to sew many moons ago and so like the stuff that you saw me wearing when we did my show was stuff that i designed because i was still still you know, sometimes jot down stuff and, and make little sketches for myself. Mm-hmm. But I used to sew many moons ago, too. Wow. And a lot of people didn't know that. I don't think I could do much today other than him
0: some pants. You know what? But I, You know what? I remember there's a couple pieces, but there was one piece you had. I know you drew it out and you mm-hmm. had someone do it. So, yeah, see, that's some things I didn't know. Like that, that I didn't know that. I know you mm-hmm. gotta. I know you always look fly. You dress very dope. <laughs> Thank you. Yes, you're Thank welcome. You. Um, when you, how did you mix in the two? So, for instance, when I had the pleasure of actually being your stage manager for the first time for your mm-hmm. last foundation,
1: uh, for the more than the eyes can see. Yes,
0: yes. Mm-hmm. I was taken back because, for one, you have wrote everything pretty much you directed how you wanted things to go you um you played instruments you did your comedian act you you sang for us you the outfit you wore it was one outfit i can not remember it was you you wrote the like black you drew it out with the flowers yeah so mm-hmm. all of this it was almost like it was a one woman show but it wasn't you brought mm-hmm. all your gifts together for one night Mm -hmm. when you think about doing things like that what does that make you feel about who you were when you were younger did you ever see all of this what you got going on for you now back then did you see it not the
1: clothing part the comedy part and the entertainment part yes okay um i would make up little songs and things and i you know, I think I don't think I'm the strongest singer. Like, I don't consider myself as charting a Grammy chart, although I could probably do some things with jazz. That's one of my favorite genres to do mm-hmm. uh, as far as singing and, and where my strength is in singing. I just love to entertain people. And I think my strength with uh being able to entertain and keep people's um, focus and everything and keep people engaged mm-hmm. I can I can slide with hitting the wrong note here and there because of stage presence and things so I've always seen myself as an entertainer Got but it. the clothes the clothing and the hair and the sewing and all that I never saw that it, it, my I'm just one of those people I'll try anything once kind of Gotcha. take a risk and even that show was a risk for me in my head i'd always said okay i'm gonna do this one moment show i'm gonna call it more than the eyes can see because people don't know that i can do this that and that and this and this and that and i'm gonna bring it together mm-hmm. and so i had that um i had that show in my head for two years before it came to fruition mm. and I had told the guy that played the saxophone Michael Elder I had told him about my vision back in 2013 okay and so it was just on my mind and my heart and something you know sometimes when you have stuff like that in it it's like okay I'm I'm gonna do this I just gotta figure out and I, I financed the show myself by doing comedy shows I had saved my money for my shows to finance it. I didn't have any sponsorship or anything and I said I'm going to do this show. I had it all in my head with songs I'm going to sing how I'm going to do this and I'm going to play the drums and I'm going to play the keyboard and I'm going to play the flute and I'm going to sing and I'm going to do comedy. You know, I had it all just mapped out in my head. I didn't mm-hmm. know that it would turn out as good as it did. I was, it was, I was amazing. Pleased. Thank yeah. you. I was so pleased with everything, You know, you came in and, and you managed the stage like nobody's business and Thank all the musicians you. and all the singers that and those were people that I met. Uh, so Nikki, who was one of the as I call diamonds, I don't call people background singers. I call them diamonds and Nikki was one of the people I met doing unequally yoked back in mm-hmm. 0, um, 06. Yes. And Ur- Ursula was one of the diamonds I met back doing boss lady mm. and then kyra i was doing comedy one of my childhood friends from my grandmother street invited me to perform at um, the school she teaches i can it wasn't dorsey uh i can't remember the other one but kind of like dorsey school of business one of those Business Institute school that you see on TV where they had the nursing assistants and yeah. massage therapists. Yeah, and so she invited me because she said they had a lot of young girls in the class. Um, some of them, you know, were receiving assistance and stuff, and she really wanted to do something to uplift them. So, uh, you know, I do some community service type things. So I was like, yeah, I'll come down and and you know do it for you. And I performed for all these young women. And one of the other teachers there, she loved my comedy. And she said, well, I write plays. You know, would you be interested in doing a play? I said, sure, call me up, let me know, kind of thing. And she called me, and that was Kyra. I did her first play with Wes Morgan. So a lot of the stuff that I do and people that I do things with are relationships that were forged from other productions and, you know, just entertainment relationships and it just you know goes on from there so you had worked with ursula and some of the other people so we just keep it you know it's like a family thing
0: absolutely and i'm thankful for every connection that we've made everyone you named it was and it's funny that you say that because nikki gia Gio, i'm sorry nikki Gio is the one that yeah she was on my show but she remember when you got, when you were in the planning stages and you were like, dang, I need a, a stage manager. I can't think of who I was. And so she said, what about TT? And, she, and you were like, oh my God, I forgot about TT. So it was like, mm-hmm. when you gave me that call, I was like, oh my God. To, you know, to feel like, oh my God, y'all thought about accident. need didn't come on to be, okay, cool. So from that, I met Kyra. Because I already knew mm-hmm. Nikki and I knew you. I didn't know Kyra. So And that was something you, I, and Kyra had in common. We like lupus survivors right yep yep
1: we're all lupus
0: survivors yep and so it was like okay and from that just last year which i'm gonna get ready to do it again this year last year she did a production and her and her sister called out and said hey we want to meet with you see if you are available to do a production as our stage manager Mm. and of course it worked out and so I just think about that. And, and, you know, she's been a guest on my show several times. And so mm-hmm. you just don't know. When I met Kyra back then, you know, she's so humble. And just like how you said, well, I don't look at background singers, these are my diamonds. Mm-hmm. And so people like her and Nikki and Ursula who are not afraid to loan their gift out.
1: Right. You know, right. to, to like say, that, hey, let singer. me support
0: that. Yeah. Not a- and I love to it
1: out. Kyra. Oh, she's one of my favorite people because. She just she'll see stuff in you that you don't even see in yourself. Um, Yes, her her production was one of the first productions I ever sang in. I was like, girl, ain't getting on no stage and singing in no play, and it's just um just amazing. Some of the people I got connected with with her and the show that you stage managed for her. At the Charles H. Wright Museum, I was the the host at that show. You sure was. And I told her whatever she needed me to do to call me because we kind of just, you know, trade our gifts back and forth um, for each other. But when we did my show, the, the MD that I had, all my musicians, except for the sax player and it was one other. I met them from doing comedy because I opened up and did some stuff with Randy Scott. And okay. when he did his album release at the museum, I was just in love with the musicians. I was like, oh, my God, his band is so amazing. I got to have them. So that's how I came about me getting Demetrius and, and um, uh, Rob Skinner on the bass. And Mm, um, the percussion, I can't even think of his name right now. And then the drummer, we had to get a different drummer because the drummer that they normally use was out on tour. And so you just get these connections. And once you connect these relationships, they last. And you sometimes circle back around and it's like, oh, my God, because then I found out Demetrius was related to or not related, but best friends with another guy that I had been working on so I could do an album so okay. it's just been um everything's just been coming back full circle like i said it, working on the album was one of those things to say okay i'm just gonna step out and try something different for Have you know just like a one-time only kind of thing and but then the pandemic happened and that you know mm. i just kind of put that on heart to move on to something else
0: got it let me ask you what has been your biggest challenge along your journey as an entertainer?
1: Um I would say one of the things and it's just my own personal thing not achieving the level that I think that I should have achieved or or being at that level um that I wanted to achieve That's my own personal challenge, but I would say overall is being respected um, as a woman in the game. There Mm. are not a lot of women comedians, and they're not. There are a lot of funny women, but they're not well respected. Um, A lot of people don't think women can be funny in comedy, so it's kind of like they may or may not take a chance on you. Or pass mm. you by, and so proving yourself has been just proving myself has probably been one of the biggest challenges. Just uh, mm. meeting the challenge of saying yes, I can do this. Uh, just give me a chance. Just give me the mic and let me work. I, I I can do this. I promise. I can do this. I promise. I can do this. You know, just proving that I am who I say I am and I can do what I say I can do. But mm. overall, it's been it's been a pretty good ride it's just yeah. that there's been you know certain bumps in the road and and they're learning experiences um it's not over yet till I, that's right you know cool. i'm no longer here so i still have a shot to to
0: do some things to make some things happen and you are and you will what is the best advice that you have been given regarding your career
1: oh uh, j anthony brown When he used to be with Tom Joyner So I'm one of those people I I do things kind of unorthodox And um, I don't know if you've ever Attended a live taping of a sitcom Or any of the shows before And I was out in LA One time when Tom Joyner used to have His TV show Mm -hmm. And I would go to sitcoms Like I went to Um Moesha we, we um her her brother used to be on that one sitcom I can't even remember the name of it but we would go to sitcoms and sit in the audience and one of the things with the audience is they would have a comedian that would always warm up the audience in between takes and things like that and sometimes they would have people come up and sing and this so when I went to the Tom the tape and I was like I don't care if they ask for somebody to sing. I'm jumping up and I'm going to just do comedy.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And and that's what I did. And they wow. were looking at me like, wait a minute. She, I think she's doing stand up. But, you know, I wanted that opportunity. And mm-hmm. they got me off the stage and they took my name and number. It was so funny because another comedian that I know that was in the game she was backstage and she said, girl, you never waste the opportunity. She texted me. And when I sat back down in my seat, J. Anthony Brown turned around and he said, "Um, you don't have to get ready when you're already ready. And he was like, that girl, mm. that girl over there is ready. And so it taught me Ooh, to like always that. be prepared and just, you know, You see how, you know, when you see people that can sing and people will say, Well, Mm -hmm. sing something, Mm -hmm, you mm -hmm, just got to throw it out there sometimes because you just never know when is your opportunity or when your chance is going to come. And so you can't go through the whole, you know, the devil trying to steal my voice and I can't really, I'm who (laughs) is that? You don't have time for that. So you just got to throw it out there. You know, (laughs) you know how we do.
0: (laughs) I know, I know. When somebody get ready to sing yeah, in Yeah, they the, got
1: the whole the excuse and the whole uh, long testimony and all this other kind of food. <laughs> if you don't just go and sing that song so we can get done. And I've done it. I remember...
0: It. I was just about to say that. I remember one of y'all one of you shows, you get... <laughs> you was talking about when they tell you to come up here and sing a verse or something mm-hmm. and they get up there and they be like, Lord, you know... Yeah, start
1: to pray the <laughs> long <laughs> prayer. And, you know... <laughs> It's like, look, get up and sing the song. That's how you just got to throw yourself. And I know it can be hard, you know, when you on the spot like that. But girl, time yeah. is a waste and you do not have time. You just got to just like go for broke. Whether you good or bad, yeah. just
0: do it because it, it may work. And you know what? When you say that, I had the opportunity. Uh, you know, I work with Courtney and Christina uh-huh. with uh, Benjamin Entertainment. And so Courtney works with Beth, he manages Beth. Mm -hmm. And so I had been watching her prior to ever meeting her. And I told Courtney one day, I said, I want to work on her team. And so I know he works with it because I figured like if there's an opportunity, it's going to come through Courtney because Courtney manages her and he sees what she needs and makes sure that people are in her place. So he says, well, you know what, Titi? Beth has a well fined running machine, a train that's smooth, everybody in place, everybody got a position, do things. she. He said, but he said, if the opportunity ever comes and it's something that you would be good at, you know, definitely I'm going to refer you. So I was like, okay, bet. So... One day he called me he said what you are you available to work saturday and i'm like yeah i assumed it was something with christina because i work for christina it's her business. right so i said is christina going out and he was like no he said this is best i was like what he's like yeah he said um lola george shout out to lola Yeah, i don't know lola. She's, she's, he- yeah so he said lola george uh injured herself and so she's not gonna be able to do this event Uh, That Beth is doing. She's performing for the mayor. So, if you could come out, you know, I'm going to be in town and we can, uh, you know, go out for that show. I'm like, yeah. So, when I got there, I was nervous. I didn't know anybody in her camp. And so. It was just like, I'm like, okay, they know Courtney and everybody. They got this report and everybody. And so it was just like, well, what do I do? That's what I was feeling. Mm-hmm. I said, well, what, Lord, what do I do? Like, I didn't know exactly what did L- Lola do? What do they need me to do? So what I ended up doing, I was being TT. I saw what needed to be done and it. I just jumped yeah. right in. Yeah. I just did it. And so at the end of the night, it was as if I had worked with them for a long time. We all talked about that. Uh, her head of security face was like, dang, T.T., where you been all this time? He was like, you that real deal. And I was like, oh, that felt I felt like, wow, that was everything coming from somebody like face because mm-hmm. face has been in the game for a long mm-hmm. time. But saying all that to say, when it's your moment, you don't got time to be like, "Wow, yeah, you just got to throw yourself in. No, there. You just got to do it. That's and I got it. the That's
1: opportunity it. to work with Beth. You know, I've always heard of her and seen her, but I never you know worked with her or met her in person and sure enough got a show they said we want you to host this show uh, with Marvin Sapp and Marvin and I have a relationship
0: Ah, because his brother
1: does comedy so I've been knowing Marvin a minute I was like I'll bet you know I can handle this and somebody from their church had recommended me to host this show well just so happens that Mm -hmm. Beth was on the show And so I finally got to connect with her and, but it's like I said, the relationships come back full circle because a lot of the people that I worked with on other productions, they were there that night, um, from the violinist to, you know, to Marvin, to Beth, it's like, Oh, there's Mm so-and-so. And then, uh, Serious, yep. the group Serious, they, uh, we've performed together before, so it's like, wow, look at all my friends and doing their thing, and I get to host, I get to be up here all night long, and and then I get to use all yes. my different little gifts and stuff because I was able to sing and host and do stand up and so that that and even just ministry in general so that was a good thing uh because I always get work whenever I do shows mm-hmm. I, I I need I'm sad to say I need to update my website but I get so much word of mouth work that it just keeps me going amen that's
0: mm-hmm. a blessing that's, a blessing. that's- that's the new marketing team, yep. You know, people pay thousands of dollars for flyers and info commercials and all these publishing. things. And a lot of times it's yeah. more of a, yeah, publicist is more of a, hey, I'm looking to do, oh, let me, you know, I know so-and-so, so-and-so. And I found myself, and going back to Kyra, when you said about Kyra, Kyra, when I met with her to iron out everything to come on board to work with her for her production, mm-hmm. she said, when you gonna do your thing, sis? that's what you mean she said well, when you go do your consultation company i said huh i said I don't, I, don't, I don't know i don't know she said you know that's what you do right she said you call you and say hey tt i'm looking for so-and-so or do you know a so-and-so you be like yep let me make a call mm-hmm. she was like you or i'm trying to put this together you've done a lot of things. You can actually come in and see from a different pair of eyes and lenses and say, well, you're going to need this. You're going to need that. She said, that's consulting. Did you know that? And I was like, she's seeing you what you don't see yeah. yourself. Mm-hmm. Yes, she did. De- and I give her all the g- glory for the part of Sowing the Seed because it was just this year that I officially launched PT consultation services. Mm-hmm. And I told her, I said, you know, between you, Swift and Courtney, it's the reason why that was birthed. Wow. Yeah. Wow. yeah. They stayed on me. They stayed on me. So when you say, when we, our gifts come back in a circle and you get business word of mm-hmm. mouth, I got to work with you because of Nikki. Mm-hmm. You know, I got to work with, you know, just, but I, I look at people like Vanessa Lynn, Vanessa Lynn, if it weren't for Vanessa Lynn, I wouldn't have known Courtney Yes, I would I would have met Courtney It was because I went to audition Tyler Perry Oh, okay But Yeah And so It's so much But when you look At the circle It's like Mm -hmm. It comes back And we met In this reason Or on this circumstance But we came together Again for another situation Right,
1: right Because you actually Did my show twice And
0: so I did um, Yes
1: I said, you know I'm sure there's some more stuff Down the line Down the pipe for us
0: Absolutely, I know it is. Cause when you talk about that Marvin Sapp show, I was there, I was working with Beth on that show. Cause I remember, um, I sat at your table for a minute. They were, we're doing intermission or something and you had to go do something. And somebody, went, Oh, people wanted to take photos with you. And you was like, well, I, I, I got to watch the. T-. I was like, no, I got it. Go ahead. You, yeah, I'm like, you gonna get in the photos. Go ahead. I got this. And so, you know, came over the, the sales that I made. I was like, okay, this is what it is. Okay, here you go, Crystal. You got this. So it was kind of like, that's what you do. Like, this is family all across the board here. Yeah. So you jump in where you sit. And then you bless me. I didn't even expect it. You, would, I'm like, wait a minute. You ain't got it. Uh-uh. You was like, I want to bless you because you didn't have to do that. I'm like, nah. ah. You was like, don't be trying to block my blessing. I'm like, all right. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, okay. so many so people have
1: sown yeah. into me. And, uh, you know, if, if mm-hmm. Lord speaks to you, you do it and move. And, and then sometimes you just never know what somebody is um, going through. Sometimes, and it's not always mm-hmm. even when you sow financially. Sometimes it's a word, it's, it's, a, it's a time, and just something. And you just never know how that helps somebody else because i know it it helps me yeah when um i you know people have sewn into me or believed in me and and shared a word
0: or just whatever yeah yeah oh i know it comes back and paying it forward if we can Mm -hmm. say that We, we pay it forward and i know that you're like i said earlier you're a giver
1: I know yeah, that about you yeah.
0: and so um, And a quiet giver a, a, a private giver too So I know that about you as well So um, Wow let me ask you This, this is my uh, final question What do you want people to know About you that we don't know
1: Oh What uh, I'm not done yet I'm not done yet So one of the things that's On my docket <laughs> right now is coming out with my cookbook or my dessert book. Ooh. Yeah. yeah so um I have a title. Uh I have my recipes lined up. It's just a matter of putting it together and getting it. But I have a friend I put out on Facebook about people who, you know, if they had authored a book before published and people are giving me some ideas and somebody that my first husband had uh, grown up with offered me an ISBN number. So they're helping me. So a lot of people are helping me on the way. So I just gotta do my part and do my portion. And um, I'm still looking to come back, uh, you know, reinvent myself with the comedy and even the music um i have some other ideas for doing concerts and things of that nature come back with more than the eyes can see part three and uh but i'm not done yet i, I want people to if they can ride with me stick with me uh, i know the pandemic has stopped a lot of things but even during the pandemic still been able to thrive uh teaching the baking classes online I've still been doing comedy shows online I do private classes Mm -hmm. so you know how you have painting with a twist where people get together with their friends and family and pick out a painting and they paint the you know do the painting I have baking with a Mm -hmm. whisk so friends and family join together Mm -hmm. online and I do private classes with them they pick a recipe and I teach them and have fun and I still get to entertain people So I'm still still doing things. Um, It might be a little more quiet than because of the pandemic, but I'm still working Mm -hmm. six, seven days a week. I, I just knocked out three cakes today and I'm still, you know, I'm still out there. So my work is not done. My work is not done, like I said, until I leave this earth I'm gonna just put it out there and I'm gonna take some risk. And you know, sometimes I get a little frightened from taking from taking a risk. But then other times I'm like, look, just throw caution to the wind and just do it. Cause that's what I did for that more than the eyes can see show. I was like, either it's gonna be and good or it is going to
0: suck. <laughs> <So> <laughs> and it was great. It was beyond that. It was great. People loved that. I loved it. It was my the first time I did it. The second time, I knew we. I know you wanted to do another time, and I was like, Lord, I hope that I'll be able to come on board. I hope that, um, yeah, the opportunity because I just enjoyed it, and I love what it what it's for. I love why you're doing mm-hmm. it, and so and if we could before we go, if we could, could you tell the listeners about your laugh foundation? So
1: with the laugh foundation, laugh is an acronym for learning and understanding god's help and basically what that is is sowing great seeds when somebody sows to you know into you you sow uh into somebody else and there's a lot of children so the lab foundation is to benefit children um that are in the arts. So they might be entertainers, they might be doing ballet, dancing, whatever the case is in the arts. And they might not be that straight A student because people that tend to get scholarships are usually the straight A students and the 4.0s and that kind of thing. And we kind of look at the underdogs, those people that may be more right-brained than left-brained, but they need a chance. So we have helped children with scholarships we've helped children study abroad uh go to auditions we had one child that was actually um a gymnast and so we look to help children in the community more specifically i grew up in roll township which is a little small city uh nestled between ferndale and oak park right across The border, eight mile border from Detroit. So I look for children Mm -hmm. from there and the surrounding cities because I went to Oak Park schools um, and part of Ferndale. So we look for children in the areas that don't always get noticed um, Mm. and and you know just kind of overlooked. But that's basically what the Laugh Foundation does, and we haven't we didn't get to do any uh, fundraisers this year but i have been doing things with children on the baking side so i actually have children who take my classes for free and i um i have gotten the mixers and everything to ensure that these children can learn a skill that they can have for a lifetime but they may not have the resources so that's been my kind of philanthropic work uh, during this pandemic season is helping the children with the um, baking and getting them resources and everything they need and, and I make sure that these children are not just getting um, you know something cheesy just to get along I have purchased three KitchenAid mixers yeah oh, wow. so they get the top of the line or or the best of the best uh, supplies. They have hand mixers, stand mixers, spatulas, bowls, uh, anything they need. Dishes, pizza pans, uh, rollers, a rolling pin, sugar, butter, flour, salt, cinnamon, nutmeg, everything. Mm-hmm. I make sure that they have everything each week so they can take the class. And they take nice. it free, you know. Nice. And a lot of people don't know because it's not announced. And uh, if I need to raise funds, sometimes I'll make a cake and and put it up for auction, so to speak, or a raffle online, okay. and then use the funds to continue to help, you know, pay for the kids. That's a beautiful
0: thing. That's a beautiful thing. Well, I've enjoyed my time with you, Thank Crystal. P.S. always I appreciate you having I appreciate me. You. Absolutely. I, anytime and I really would love to be one of the first. I know I probably got the battle with Jarvis, but I want to be one of the first to have you come back and talk about your cookbook once you get ready to launch it because I Absolutely. know it's coming and you know, I know when I normally coming. do stuff like
1: the more than the eyes can see show is April because that's you know my birthday so I'm, I'm really mm-hmm. pushing to get this out for my birthday to, as a, a gift to myself Ooh, um, you know okay. sometimes you got to celebrate yourself <laughs> <laughs> All the time. Cause
0: if you don't, and even if it, it's nothing like celebrating yourself, even if others want to celebrate you. Cause I know your birthday month, it is a big month. April's a big month for you. Um, it's nothing like cause you know what you want, you know your heart's desire, and you could give yourself something that others can't because you know exactly what it is. Right, right. And that's me. That's yeah. that's
1: how I come um, out with those clothes. It's like I know what I want to wear. And so I'm able mm-hmm. to jot it down For myself And so it, yeah. it's worked out But I, I just want people to know I'm not done yet Look for me to do Some mind blowing things You know that you're not expecting
0: um, From me Oh yeah Oh yeah we are gonna be on the lookout Until my listeners, how can they keep up with
1: Crystal P? You all can walk very slowly because I don't walk very fast, so you can keep up with me. <laughs> but you can hit me up on social media. I'm on Instagram and Twitter at Crystal P is crazy, C R Y S T A L P I S C R A Z Y. I'm on Facebook, Comedian Crystal P. Uh, the website is crystalpiscrazy.com, and hopefully, it will the updates will be done very soon. I'm working with somebody right now. Um, it, it's, it's all kind of places put out the bat signal. I'll come a running, uh, <laughs> wherever <laughs> they want. I'm still available for parties and whatnot. Virtual parties, I've been doing virtual parties with as far as comedy and baking. Um, very little in person stuff if the logistics are right as far as the distancing and the minimal amount of people um, I've done some very few private events and that's because I knew the person that was throwing it and you know who was going to be in attendance and that sort of thing but I'm still out here doing my thing and uh, you know I can't stop Detroit Edison still wants their money and consumers energy still wants their money. And you will, will know, Will's Fargo still right. wants their money. So I better figure it out, you
0: know, <laughs> make it happen. <laughs> indeed. Indeed. Well, it is a pleasure as always. I look forward to seeing you in person, if it be the Lord's will, but I definitely know I'm going to keep on seeing you on social media uh, checking in, and I'm looking forward to what this year has to bring because I see great. Absolutely, for us. absolutely, I can't wait. You take care of yourself. You enjoy. You as well. And I will All right. You Love you Thank much. You. Love you too. Okay. Love you too. Mm-hmm. Bye bye.